Megan Graham is the founder and CEO of Rees, a line of eco-friendly and travel-friendly bottles made for beauty. I'm so excited to have her here with us, so make sure you stay tuned as we discuss how she plans to push the sustainability factor in the industry, Rees' new launch into Sephora, and what's next for the brand. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Megan Graham. She's the founder and CEO of the sustainable packaging brand, Rees, rethinking the intersection where beauty meets travel. As a former beauty marketing director at Vogue, Megan found herself traveling often and did not enjoy the task of packing toiletries like us all. Finding it both inconvenient and wasteful, she discovered a more thoughtful way to travel with beauty with Rees and remains committed to reducing plastic waste. As an expert in fashion and beauty marketing, Megan has truly taken the brand into new heights. Selected as part of the 2021 Sephora Accelerate program, Rees launched in Sephora earlier this year as their only refillable reusable packaging brand. I, for one, cannot wait to see what she does. And Megan, we're also dear friends. This is not our first conversation, but I'm just so excited to be with you today. So thank you for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me, Akash. I'm so excited to be here. And as always, I love our conversation. So I'm just excited to chat with you today about all things beauty and packaging and sustainability. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun one. Can't wait. So I also my guest, the same question, going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Megan? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. Um, I think you kind of nailed it in your intro, right? I worked in fashion and beauty marketing for a long time. I'm totally a fashion girl. I never saw myself as a beauty girl. So I kind of wound up in this industry. I like to say by accident. Um, It definitely wasn't where I intended my career to go. And really my path in was through Vogue. That's when I started leading the beauty marketing team. And beauty through the Vogue lens, I think, is something really different, right? It's it's not necessarily very dramatic makeup or something really heavy um, or foundation. It's kind of like, you know, we were talking earlier about Bobby Brown. It's really like clean. It's really um, about skincare, about luxury products, um, about techniques you use, about the tools you use, things like that. Uh, so that was really my introduction into beauty. And from there, that's really how I started, how I started Rees. It was really through kind of that Vogue beauty lens um, and the lifestyle, I think, that went along with it too, of traveling a lot, um, packing, you know, my my clothes when I would travel and having shampoo, you know, spill all over my, my, uh, my Vogue-like clothes or whatever it is. But... Uh, <laughs> Or whatever your you know your wardrobe is, that's really what brought me into this space. Um, I don't know if most people answer that question with just what their background is and work, but that no, but honestly, there's no there's no right or wrong answer to that question. But I will say I've heard everything. I've had it's such a psychological question. I know some people say like the horoscope. Some say it's like 
some people say one word, some people give a couple of sentences. Like that's what I love about it. It's also it's just like what do we perceive? How do we perceive ourselves in a nutshell, right? Oh I actually God. am so glad I've never been interviewed because I'm like, what would I? Ask? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what exactly? What would you say? Who was the? Okay, you know what? Let me give it a go. If I was asked that question, who am I in a nutshell? God, and this is funny because I never really thought about it. So I'm a I'm a British Indian entrepreneur um, that has just got a love for all things animals, wildlife, travel, uh, learning, and of course all things beauty now. And I think if I was going to be summed up with in a sort of like a, a motto, I would be like always um, give without expectation. I think that's a big part of I never expect anything back. So uh, I love I, I'm the beneficiary by giving and learning from others. Uh, that's kind of what I do in all my points of life. So that's a bit about me. Yeah. That's really good. I don't know. It's a hard one. <laughs> it is I'm really like, now hard. I'm like, can I get take back? Can I change it? No, it's actually, I can't. Now no, I feel like what it's like to be on my podcast. It's really tough. It's really tough. You start with a hard a question. So, um, there yeah, you so go. Tough. There you go. There you go. So, so now let's go back to like the, the beginning, I guess, uh, baby Megan. Um, so where were you born and raised? Yeah, I was born in the U.S. That's also a complicated question. I was born in Detroit. Um, I moved to Atlanta when I was really young, and I ended up uh, going to school, high school and college in Florida. So I'm totally East Coast. Um, ended up a Southerner, uh, which also was never the plan. And now I've lived in New York almost 15 years now, longer than I've lived anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a New Yorker. Let's put it that way. <laughs> New Yorker. So, so tell me about, like, your first memories of the of beauty not even just the industry but just beauty like do you remember like growing up what were they oh it was always like playing with my mom's makeup right and it was always seeing all she was very like tool based too right I remember she had like the face steamers or the like trifold mirrors and all of these kind of like uh, it was very beauty gadgets, but I also remember, uh, one of my first memories of beauty, uh, I think she had one of those books that was like, uh, the seasonality of, you know, your color palette, right? Are you a winter or your summer and kind of matching colors to your skin tones and everything. And my mom, my mom is white. She's like super, you know, pale and very fair skinned, um, very porcelain skin. So we had very different beauty needs, right? So I think that was kind of the next introduction to uh, growing up in beauty was how my hair was managed, right? So I have this white mother and how is she um, being able to manage my hair? So I went through a lot of different hair iterations because of that uh, that situation, right, of her being the one to take care of my hair. And it was, um, luckily, I grew up, you know, in Atlanta, I was in Detroit, I was in areas where there were, you know, a lot of beautiful black ha uh, hair salons. And so she'd take me down to the hair salon and, you know, leave me for a couple hours, and I would get my hair braided and cornrowed and all of that. And then, you know, I, that would end up um, after a couple of years, you know, braids were the kid thing, right. And then, after that, I kind of grew into then straightening my hair because the beauty standards were changing and it was, you know, not about braids and that was easy for her to manage. But when I started managing my own hair, it was about straightening my hair and getting it relaxed and, um, and a lot of heat damage, right? That took a long time for my hair to grow out of. I didn't know what my curls looked like until I was, I think, 15, 16. And I started, and I stopped getting those relaxers in. So yeah, that was kind of the, the early yeah, journey was was intense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and then I think so then you went to New York and then I would love to know sort of like, did you always knew that you would potentially go into 
into into business and beauty because you had an incredible career, by the way. So you you know from uh, you can name the star sites, yeah. for Vogue. And t- tell us about your career before Vogue. I want to know about the before Vogue. Sure. I mean, I moved. So I moved to New York and started working. Uh, I started interning. That was my first, you know, job. That's what got me to New York. Was doing my internship, and I did it for a trend forecaster. I did it for the trend forecasting department at Cotton Incorporated. So you know, you flip over the you know tag on your sweatshirt, you'll see the little cotton label. Um, and they had a trend forecasting department, and I thought that was the coolest job in the world. And it is, and it was, but it was basically flying all over the world and taking pictures of different trends. And that's what the trend forecasters are doing. And I was their intern to like help them sort through their images and help them sort through the samples they'd bring back from, you know, Afghanistan or Italy or all these different places they were going. Um, and so from there, then I got my first forecasting job at a company called Style Sight. So then I became, you know, the forecaster. First, I worked in like account management, right? lowly jobs, working your way up. Um, and yeah. then I became a forecaster traveling around and going to different trade shows. And that's really when the idea for Rees started was because I was going to trade shows in Las Vegas pretty much every month, twice a month. I, you know, sometimes I say I like half lived in Las Vegas. It's a very weird time of my life. Um, but it was, it was amazing. And so I would go and take all these photos and write all these trend reports for companies like Abercrombie or Prada or international flavors and fragrances, like every part of I think the the supply chain subscribes to these trend forecasting types of services, right? They want to know the colors that are upcoming. They want to know the products that are coming out soon. Um, and so we're, we're forecasting what that is for, say, three, four years out. Um, but when I would do these, say, you know, four-day trips, that's when I was realizing I can't carry my hair care product with me. I, you know, can't find these in a travel size and everything. Um, but so after working in forecasting, then I kind of parlayed all of those skills of knowing what the youth are buying and knowing what the designers are making into working at an ad agency. So I worked at DDB, um, an ad agency, a major ad agency on Madison Avenue in New York uh, for about a year and a half. Uh, and then I was like, okay, agency life is not for me. It's, um, you know, very much sitting at a desk all the time, uh, whereas I was used to being out in the field doing things. So uh, then I ended up at Storyful, which was another ad agency, but at Storyful uh, was all based in UGC. And this was, you know, maybe six, seven years ago. So UGC was kind of in its infancy back then. It was very YouTube based. Um, You know, it was very video and we would take these videos and help uh, advertisers create video campaigns with them. So it would be commercials or social ads. um, But it was very much, I always say it's kind of like the, um, like the soldier coming home videos that you would see of like dogs greeting the returning soldier. And then it's like by Charmin or by, you know, whatever CPG brand, uh, because it's that heart connect moment. So I was in the background there building that and I built a team. Um, the first team I built was in New York and then we expanded to London. We had a team in Australia. Um, and then I also had a team in Dublin. Um, and then, yeah. And then one day Vogue called and that's how I made the switch over to beauty. So tell us about um, your career there. I would love to know how it was. I actually don't know the story too well, so tell me. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so one day Vogue calls and they're like, um, we want you to leave beauty marketing, which was amazing. Uh, and so I honestly didn't know as much of a, a fashion girl I was, you know, I loved just looking at, you know, season's clothes. And of course I, you know, had worked in that forecasting world. Um, I 
I didn't really know what to expect in some ways, right? It's like you hear you hear all the stories about yeah. about that world. Um, and, and some of it is I'm, true. Some of it's not. That's the worst part. It's like, I right. relate, but I can't relate, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm here to say it's pretty much all true, right? It's on some yeah. form there is truth behind it <laughs> yeah, in all yeah, of yeah. those. Um, I, I used to say it was – you know, very lovingly, you know, it's definitely a lot of like beautiful high powered women running around in Gucci, like screaming at each other. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of like, you know, this incredible environment though of learning. I learned so much in my time at Vogue and Condé Nast. I hands down say it is the most creative environment I've ever worked in, in terms of the people I was working with, the level of talent in that building um, is truly unmatched. And I learned I learned a lot, I think, about that side of advertising and sales and marketing and how how intertwined I think a lot of companies are with editorial. You know, I think that's a, a bit of a like dirty dark side of that world, but there is a lot of truth there of, you know, there's reasons that L'Oreal and Estee and all of these big brands are featured in lots of stories. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of money and it's intertwined. But um but I will say there is there is a level of church and state too that is that tries to be maintained and people do a really wonderful job in that building of, of maintaining that as much as possible while still obviously keeping the doors open because people got to get paid and keeping the world's moving, um, of, of editorial. Right. I know exactly. Did you, did you ever like get moments? Cause I always wonder, like, cause I worked in obviously LVMH and stuff. Like, did you feel like you could have had a long-term career there? Or did you feel like you were just, you know, this was, you were learning until you stopped learning I would leave because, you know, these companies are hard to, to, there's a lot of politics, a lot of games, but you want to make sure you, you go in kind of with a vision and a plan to make sure you don't right. get sucked in because people can always 100%. say, oh, like there's another role there and you can stay in before you know it, you're 10 years there and you're like, wait, but have I, have I stopped learning? You know? I think, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm very glad that I had a career before going to Condé Nast um, because I knew I knew how other things operated. I knew that there were growth opportunities outside of that building. Um, as grateful as I am for the opportunity at Condé and at Vogue, um, I think you go there transparently, you go there and you get that name on your resume and you do learn a ton, but it is a very political environment. It is a very tough tough environment you know you go through the ringer especially working at you know a brand who has such high standards it it really truly taught me how to keep the standards for my own business and how important it is and to fight for that truly at all costs to um to keep those level of standards and and to make sure that you you're demanding respect for everything that you're working on and, and everything that you represent, even when some can say, and this comes down to a brand too, if some can say, oh, it's not that important or, oh, it doesn't really matter, right? Oh, it's fashion, who cares? But yeah. really the pull and the power there um, is undeniable. And so, yeah, it's 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 a crazy environment for sure. But I, I learned a lot and um, yeah, it's, it's tough. There's a lot. There's a lot of trade-off. I think when when going in a company like that, when you're in that corporate environment. So. Hundred percent. Well, then obviously Reese was born. Uh, I would love to know sort of, okay, a the name and b mm-hmm. when did it? I know you said it started from all the trend research, etc. But when did the actual like work begin of building the brand? 
So I really started working on it uh, pretty much, you know, day and night starting in 2019. I think it was to your point, we were talking about um, working at Vogue, looking at the people ahead of me, right? And thinking like, I don't, I don't really want any of those jobs, you know, like seeing the, yeah, like I, I can't be Anna. I love Anna. She's amazing. But like, I'm not, I'm not going to be Anna. So, you know, what, what is the next, what is that next step up? Right. My career was kind of at this point of like, where, where are you going to be for the next 20 years? And I didn't see myself there. Um, So in 2019, I was, you know, a couple years in at Vogue and I decided like, okay, I've had this idea forever there is still nothing on the market that works for this idea. I cannot stop thinking. It's it's come back in my psyche and I'm now like waking up at night, 4 a.m. thinking about a bottle, you know? Like I have to... I have to see this through. I have to investigate how to do this because it's the only thing that's consistently, passionately come back to me over the years. So 2019 was really started when I started looking into industrial designers to design a bottle, um, looking into, you know, what it's like to manufacture, what a supply chain looks like, you know, because again, my, my background was marketing. I didn't know how to bank a company. Um, and yeah, and, and I never necessarily saw myself as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner. Um, and it's just kind of where the the path led me. Um, but 2019 was, was really the investigative part. Um, 2020 obviously came and we were all, you know, I was still working at Condé. They sent us all home. And to me, especially I think as an introvert, I was like, cool, like now I just get to like be at home and like in my own space. Like, yeah, I'm like delighted. Uh, But I was also truly excited because it was instead of, you know, working at Condé during the day and, you know, running home at night to maybe send out a couple emails for Reese or maybe be able to apply for one accelerator or one grant here and there. I could now spend all those commuting hours, all of those getting ready hours, all of those, all of those kind of in between moments. I could now put into Reese, and instead of you know, uh, I also could have my like Condé Nast laptop and my Reese laptop, and and go between and have investor meetings and have all these things. And so, um, it it really afforded me. Like COVID was why I was able to start my business, and it's really I know there are other people who feel. Um, who have said that about you know starting businesses during COVID, but it, it really gave me the time to um, put into it. Um, and yeah, and, and then to end of 2020, I had a pitch deck and a, a 3D, you know, a, a 3D prototype, and I applied for the Sephora Accelerate and uh, and got in. And so 2021 was really the start of that journey and kicking things off in earnest. Um, so it's been a, it's been very quick from mm. ideation and and renderings in 2019 to selling out twice now at Sephora at the end of 2022. Okay, so much. First, the name. Sorry. To, well, how did the yeah, name? Yeah, sorry, I never answered that. Okay. Um, so the name reads. Uh, it's really hard to name things, right? I'm like, I'm yeah. sure you. <laughs> Know, trademark this. name even like tiktok handle instagram handle everything yeah oh. everything's like taken now right so it's it's really tough to name things and and i was really going back and forth with how do you evoke that feeling of you know packing your beauty with you you know i didn't want to call it like packed or like whatever i think there's already a you know brand called packed um so for me it was really i looked at the word toiletries and i just thought 
freeze, you know, that makes you feel like a much elevated, you know, term for toiletries and just, and that, that feeling of everything that goes into it. So that's where the name Reese came from. Well, also why, why do we not, why haven't we all as a nation, like abbreviated toiletries to Reese? Like we've done it in so many things and it just makes it so much sexier. Exactly. I'm my Reese with me, but now I'm like, well, thank God you did it. Cause now it's going to be <laughs> your brand. It's not, you know what I mean? But that it, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so um, funny. yeah, to me, it was just, how do we, how do we shorten it and make it a little better? Um, and that's kind of the ethos of the whole experience you know make it make it a little better right we deserve that but anyone listening who maybe is new to the brand hasn't uh, before we go into the sephora accelerate and today i maybe just tell us a bit about what the product is uh so yeah so basically we make refillable reusable travel bottles so they're actually made for beauty they have an airless pump in them we hold the fat the patent on the first ever reusable airless pump uh they twist to lock they're leak tight um and they're perfect and easy to throw in your suitcase or your purse or your gym bag when you're on the go um, but it's basically a very much elevated ex- experience for being able to pack your toiletries decant your products um and go anywhere you want wherever your routine needs to go and uh, they're so beautiful like they're honestly pieces of art and I'm so happy <laughs> because you have now you have this like iconic like I, I don't know the shade of green is it like moss green now what would you call that shade of green oh what would I call it's kind of this like emerald uh jungle emerald. green I think yeah. I love that yeah. emerald jungle green that does it perf- <laughs> perfectly but now you've got this most beautiful Again, how do I say what kind of blue it is? It's like not. Ter- it's like um. It's like a. It's like a cornflower blue. Cornflower blue. It's a very much like um. Yeah, sunrise cornflower blue. I mean, I have this oh. here. It's like weird to hold up my own little, my own little rays. Um. So yeah. So our little our escapade green and our runaway blue are the first colors in the product lineup. Yeah. Um. And yeah, there's more colors to come, which is great. So exciting and, and like uh. Yeah, you already know how much I love the brand, and I have all. I have I have the the blue ones. I I got them in my New York flat waiting. So when I go there next, oh, no. I can't wait. But I, but at the same time, I'm like I also just love my my green ones. So I'm I'm, I'm good for a while <laughs> anyway. But uh, now it's perfect because I'm such a visual person too. So I know you, you have um, the ability to you have either no label or you can also get your your labels already made. So if you go on the website, you can get shampoo, conditioner, hair, face, body, SPF, or blank. And this basically is like a beautiful little rim on the bottle that you can then basically, you know, distinguish when you take a couple of reads with you, you will have the ability to know that's my shampoo, that's your conditioner. But also now you have different colors, so you could also like divvy it up by saying, okay, green will be my my shower essentials and blue will be my body essentials. Like there's so many, so many options yes. now. And it's only yeah, going to get was, more and more, which is so exciting. It's only, there's only more and more. And it was really important for me to do, you know, this debossing that you talked about with the labels on the bottle. Like to me, when it comes to luxury beauty, right, when it comes to kind of the objects on our vanity, like they are, they're kind of part of the landscape, right? They're part of the design of our space and they speak to who we are. And I think with that debossing, there's a permanence there, right? This bottle is made to be reused over and over and over. They're dishwasher safe. You know, they're made of uh, post-consumer recycled plastic. So they're really, they're built tough and they're very, very sustainable at the same time. And so that debossing was really key in reinforcing that, right? They're not just kind of like a printed label. They really have every part of the bottle is very, very thought through of the permanence of it, but also kind of the circularity of it too. 
Definitely. No, it's, it's beautiful. And um, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, I will be putting all the links in the summary, as you guys all know, I do that. So do at the same time of listening, do check it out, do add to cart, do check, but also you can get it at Sephora too. So not just, you know, but Reese, Reese, is it Reese-Reese.com? Reese-Reese, yes. R-I-E-S-R-I-E-S. I remember that. You see, I, I've gone on the website many times, but, um, uh, but yeah, you can definitely, um, while listening, but I, I do want to also kind of touch a little bit about Sephora Accelerate because we have a lot of people that are maybe thinking about creating brands and Sephora Accelerate is definitely one of the best accelerator programs for them to consider. Um, what was the process like and like kind of like spill the tea on like, you know, did you have a lot of, was it interviews? Was it just like, I just heard back, I got in. Yeah, the process of app of applying, right? So um, I knew, I had known that the Sephora Accelerate application process was coming, right? And so I did a lot to kind of prepare for that as much as I could. So working on my deck, there's a, I think, 90 second video that you submit as well. um, And then some questions that you answer. So I, you know, knowing that it was coming, I tried to gather as much as I could, make it really like tight and succinct. Um, And so application time comes, you know, I submit it all. And uh, then I just waited, right? So I didn't, I don't think I heard anything for maybe it was like six weeks or something like not a peep not a nothing you know and that's not that's not a super long time but for me I was like oh am I ever gonna hear anything right you know you don't you don't know anything in this stage so then um I think I got an email that was hey you've moved to the next round congratulations um we want to set up an interview and so I uh, I remember I was actually traveling. Uh, I was doing a road trip with my husband, and we were in Texas when I found out. So this was again fall 2020, and we were like, we can't sit in our apartment again for lockdown. So like, we got to go somewhere where there's some outdoor space. So we're in the middle of Texas, which is random, um, and our Airbnb had awful Wi-Fi. So I get this call of like, you got to do this interview, and I was like, I got to find some stable. Uh, some stable Wi-Fi, and there was one. We're like in the sticks. There was one like co-working space for like hours around. There was one spot, and so I go there. It's like the back. It's kind of like a back of a gas station next to a horse stable kind of spot. Like I mean, it was the craziest place you could possibly be like talking to Sephora about your beauty brand, right? So I'm like in the back of this like room, praying that this Wi-Fi holds. Um, and I had this wonderful call, and, and leading up to it, you know, I was I was prepping on these questions. I didn't know what they were going to ask, and so I had this wonderful call with the uh, head of merchandising for the hair care category. Um, she was one of the interviewers, and we I think it was maybe a 45 minute or so call. Um, she asked me all kinds of questions, um, very in depth, very interested in the brand. Um, and that was, that was it. You know, we, we signed off. I think my shoulders like dropped, you know, like two feet, the like stress of that and relief. Um, and then I didn't, I don't think I heard anything at all for another month. And I think before this too, before I had my interview, um, I had to send product to three different people um, across the the country that are part of Sephora. So that was part of it as well. So sending out product and hopping on this interview and all of that was in about a week of getting the, the email. So have the interview about a month goes by, um, maybe another six weeks. It's holidays now. Now I'm in Tucson, Arizona for my, for my little road trip, you know? Um, and I got an email from, 
one of the Accelerate, um, the women who lead it, uh, she sent an email and it was, um, we'd, we'd like to uh, get on a, just a, I'd, I'd like to have a quick call with you. Just, um, it won't take more than, you know, five minutes. Um, you know, can you talk tomorrow kind of thing? And I think being the person I am, I think in my head, I was like, oh, they're gonna, they're just gonna let me down easy. You know, (laughs) they're just, they want to talk to me. Meanwhile, my husband's like, they're not going to tell you no face to face. Like that's that they'll send that in an email. Um, but still in my head, I'm like, Oh, they're, they're being really kind. You know, there's Sephora, they're going to take the time to like, let me down. Um, so the next day we hop on a call and that's when they said, you know, we just want to let you know you got in. And it was, you know, the, I still get chills thinking about it because it was really a life, a life changing moment. Right. It was, um, you know, the, the universe was, was in my favor. I feel like at that moment and all the hard work, um, you know, had a chance to kind of like pay off and, and have its moment. So it was a, a emotional roller coaster, I think for like two and a half months. So you really don't know, they really don't tell you anything. You just kind of get an email and then you. That's often the case. A lot of these things is like, um, it is a patient game, a mix and a, and a mix of a random, like you just don't know, uh, until you hear the email, but, uh, Always, if you don't hear back, don't think you didn't get it yet. You'll be surprised. It might be yeah. an email coming around the corner. Totally. Months will go by and then all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. And if you didn't hear back and you know something was announced, then don't let that deter you. Apply again the yeah. next year, I can tell you. Like for me, with my Forbes under 30, I remember I applied once and then I, I even like, they even like shortlisted me at that stage. And then they were like, um, I didn't hear anything. And then the, uh, the list went out and I was like, okay, like, Okay, I didn't clean and get it. The next year, I applied again and had some nominations. Again, got shortlisted. Again, didn't hear anything, even longer time. And then the list went out. And I was like, okay. But then I remember, I was just like, let me just check the list. And I was Googling, like, I was like, you know, a bit like annoyed. And I was like, oh, let me see who made the list. And then I saw my name and I said, like, what? I made it. I, know, I got no email communication. Wild. <laughs> yeah, Wild. The photo I submitted in my, in my shortlist round, plus like the form you fill in the Google Doc, they got all the information from there. And then two hours later from the list being announced all over the internet, then I got an email saying, congratulations, you made the list. I was like, what? That's really embargo. That's really, like, they don't care about that. That's just like really, like, like I knew before they even told me. But that yeah. was so funny. So um, yeah, sometimes you just you never know till you know. You really don't funny. know. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, and I, I had been turned down so many times before them, applied for so many accelerators, so many grants, you know, if Sephora was my first yes. And so that's, you know, hold that's the faith amazing, that like, you know? yeah, and like that's so the best in terms of beauty is like the only yes. It just shows <laughs> like, like, don't let, yeah, just like, don't let anything like, I guess, like diminish your flame. Like if you have this passion and drive, just go for it and, you know, keep on going and you'll, you'll get maybe 10 yeses, maybe one yeses, maybe no yeses, but it's okay. Like keep on going. I think that's the right. most important factor. Um, and there's, and exactly and even what Megan says is like her experiences for accelerate, it might have already changed by now. They might let you know every week, you know, they're always changing right. these systems. So one thing is a lot of the time people even ask me a lot, like, how do you get into Forbes under 30? I'm like, well, I was on it like 2019. I don't know today. It's very different. Probably. Mm. Um, they changed the systems and they, they also improve sometimes as well. Right. So yeah, exactly. they, they streamline the processes, they make it easier for everyone to be communicated to. And sometimes they automatically reply and, that's just the processes now, but no, it's very, very cool. So I, I would love to know a little bit about how, obviously you launched in Sephora, we spoke about that, it's been so exciting, but just like 
from your first like out of home to like the launch like how did that feel yeah surreal I felt very surreal it still feels surreal um I think it's I think being a founder and and starting a brand it's it's you have to have a lot of patience right you know it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of patience I'm not a patient person so um you know it is I, I really took time when we launched at Sephora to enjoy it, I think, to have, you know, we had a launch party. We threw a little party for all the people who had kind of helped us get to, um, you know, this point, you know, our photographers are, you know, everyone that oh. puts their heart into the brand. And uh, I wasn't going to, and people were like, you have, you have to remember each moment, right? You have to do as much as you can to, to celebrate the wins because there are so many, uh, days where you are, you're not celebrating, where you are problem solving, where you're like, how am I going to get past this moment? So, um, taking a moment to say, you know, realize that in 2019, I wanted to start a brand that would launch at Sephora. And Mm -hmm. three years later, I was there launching at Sephora. Uh, it was very important for me to be as present as I could possibly be and enjoy that moment. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, so now the future, future, future. What do you envision? Um, is it going to be filled with new colors, collabs, maybe global yeah. distribution? <laughs> global. Everything. What's, what's um, on the horizon? Yeah. Yeah, I think just what you said, we were doing product expansion, you know, there's definitely new colors um, that are coming out, new products are in the works, new collaborations are coming out. I think everything that we do is really embodying, making sure that people can travel freely with their beauty products and do so in a sustainable way. So all of the partnerships that we're working on for the future, um, will just build on that. Um, and I'm really excited to share all of that. And of course, there's, there's just so much more to come and you'll see us kind of in different spaces than just beauty retail. We're going to pop up in different spots where, um, where people love to travel. So, uh, more on that in the future. So watch this space, but, um, it's, it's been really exciting. And I also love to hear feedback. I love to know what people are traveling with and the types of products that, um, yeah, that they want to see. So please get in the DMs, uh, message me. Um, I just love to hear people's feedbacks and thoughts because um, I love building things and I want to build cool things that people will use. So uh, please get at me if you know of different travel items that you'd love to have a kind of sustainable overhaul and we'll, we'll listen. I mean, one thing I want and I need is yeah. I'm always fed up with, I mean, you have a lot of luxury, not luxury, sorry, but like, you know, like pretty pouches, right? For travel, that's sure. TSA friendly. But I get annoyed that like, I still like, whenever I'm looking at what I have, it's still either not fully see-through or it's a little bit like maybe bigger or small. And like, I ended up always having to use those plastic, wasteful mm. bags, Um but I would love to not just like take everything out and put it back in. So I'm always still looking. I still haven't found that perfect like TSA friendly travel um, pouch. That's like more, not like just TSA, pouch. but globally friendly, you know? Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it is really interesting. No, it's a very good point because I think TSA stateside, like you, you don't really need the clear plastic pouch. No, and you have disgusting. like TSA pre and stuff. So US is a bit different, but in UK, Europe, it's really bad. Like I've heard to. it's really strict. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, luckily we have the, you know, the indication on the bottom of the bottle where it says, you know, 50 milliliters or 100 milliliters um, because they have stopped 
people before saying like, you can't yeah. bring this through. And then they turn the bottle over and they say, yes, I can. So um, they're good. super strict where it's, where it's like in the States, you know, there's, there's, there's never a red flag, you know, they're, they're clearly going through. Um, but I can, I can tell with, with, with the UK, with Europe, uh, they're really, really strict about it. So um, thank you for that note. And we have something in the works. So um, so before we go into fire round questions, I have a sort of desert island situation. So I'm curious to see kind of what you kind of come up with. But um, I have, I'm having a twofold approach. So you're invited to a founder beauty retreat. You can only take one, one travel friend, you know, container. Uh, but, 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 but you can choose one label and one color. So what is the label and color? What are you going to bring with you? I'm going to bring a large green container of conditioner. That's it. <laughs> I have to have I have to have my conditioner with me. Otherwise, my hair is just not going to make it. We're just not going to have a good time on that island if my if my curls can't bounce. So <laughs> that's that's what I'm bringing. Amazing. I love it. Um, okay, now fire round questions. This is the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question I'm going to ask you, and uh, taking out our brands, because of course we both okay. love Fable and Maine, we love Reeds, exactly. but what's a beauty brand that you're currently loving? Um, I'm currently loving Stradia, honestly. Um, it's a brand my friend introduced me to, and I use their liquid gold every day, and my skin yeah. feels clear and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you met Ali? The I have not met her, no. Oh my God, I'll introduce you. She comes to all our oh, founder beauty events that I do, but in LA, because she's more LA-based. But yeah. I will connect you with her. She's the best. Uh, you love oh, her. Oh, good. Nice. Uh, my next question is, do you have a guilty pleasure? I shouldn't feel guilty, but my guilty pleasure is just like alone time to sit and read a book. <laughs> it's so lame. That's so lame. That is not I lame. That is not lame. <laughs> because I never lame. get to do it. I never get to like sit and just have time to like read. So like, yeah, if I was given, if I was given all the time in the world, I would just get a book and go sit oh, somewhere outside that. and read. Well, my next question is, what are you currently watching or reading? So I'm curious to see. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm right now I'm reading, uh, I think it's Violetta um, by, I can't remember the author's name, but that's what I'm reading right now. Um, it's a novel. And what am I watching? I haven't started it yet, but I have to start the new season of The Crown and White Lotus. Those are two of my favorite shows. So yeah. Everyone's saying, someone yesterday had it on the pod. Was it Bobby? No, someone was saying that that's the two that they, they're watching right now. So I think it's yeah. so funny how you said the same two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you have a favorite social media platform right now? Be real. <laughs> yeah. I I love Be Real. I, it's like it's, honestly the only one I'm like actively on. I'm so upset because I used to have Be Real. I remember we have each other on Be Real. Yeah. But then like I decided to like be also responsible for the Fable and Main Be Real. And clearly I'm doing a bad job because you haven't posted in a couple of weeks or days. Oh, weeks, I should say. Um, oh, no. But generally, um, I uh, and you can't have two accounts. It's like log out each time. It's like oh. too much work. So I've, I don't even, I haven't been in my B-roll in ages. So I don't even know what you'll be reeling. Which is oh so my sad. God, really boring things. And it's great. Like, <laughs> I love, I think boring social media. Like we got to go back. I don't know. I'm such a, yeah, yeah. It's such like a millennial of like. Basic yeah. social Again, I love it. No, I, I do think yeah. it's really cool what they've done. I hope, like, let's see. I hope it gets more and more bigger, especially here in the UK. Um, I would love for it to become like where I'm like, okay, I'm getting on it. Kind of like how Snapchat was like everywhere, you know? 
Yeah, um, exactly. I think b is that, but because um, I can tell you the minute you can tell when there's a B-roll. When it happens and everyone's like, like, yeah. Everyone in the office is like panicking. <laughs> and, like, What's happening? and they're like, oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite quote or like a saying that you keep close to your heart? Um, I don't. I think the I think the mantra I have constantly in my head is just to be present. I think that's mm. it. I think when um, I start, you know, going down too many paths or too many things are happening and I can tell my attention is really divided or I'm feeling really overwhelmed or I'm in conversation and I'm distracted. It's like be present and um, that then you find your center. Yeah. And my last question, Megan, is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would Megan be doing? Um, Megan would probably, Megan would probably still be working at ad agencies and working in marketing. And um, yeah, Megan, Megan would still be doing the marketing thing. Um, so let's be glad that Megan is not. <laughs> Megan's much happier being a beauty founder. <laughs> Oh, no. I, I think that's it. That's it. It's kind of like a question where I'm like, you know, we're doing what we're doing because we love what we're doing. But yeah, it's interesting to always think like, oh, what could I be doing? And you never know if, if later on we, we end up doing those things. But um, right. uh, but Megan, it's been such a pleasure. I could speak to you all day, but I mean, I'm not b- worried because I'm going to speak to you very soon anyway. We, our, our regular catch ups. But for everyone listening who wants more Megan time, when where can they follow you? But also the your beautiful brand Reese. So Reese and I'm on Instagram um, and TikTok. So Reese is at Reese Beauty, R-I-E-S Beauty. Um, and my personal Instagram and my Be Real is Megan S. Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M. Well, I'll put all the links as promised in the summary. And please, guys, I cannot express how much I love this brand. So please do make sure you pick up at least one travel-friendly, you know, travel reusable container. And then if you can get a few more and get a few more colors and trust me you'll make a little family and you'll be like it will actually be such a pivotal moment before you travel I get excited about like filling in and the funniest thing is is I even like I have travel friendly like for Fable and Main for example I mm. have travel friendly bottles but I still put them in your freezer. do you really <laughs> yeah because I just I just prefer I find it just a little bit more like <laughs> aesthetic it fits in my pouch oh, more organized um so yeah also it's better because i think actually like i can use my full-size bottles and then just like refill it more yeah well we need to do like a custom fable and main color or something like i feel like we should do that we'll talk separately (laughs) but i would do like a beautiful red that would be so nice like our red and that would be amazing and then we just put it like uh it can be like even like a little tiger thing on the after honestly i was just thinking that yeah okay literally and then we can do some proceeds to the fun okay oh yes okay 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 done Um, but (laughs) thank you Megan and uh, I'll I'll speak to you very soon anyway thank you Akash thank you it's a pleasure to be here I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts Spotify Amazon Music Podcasts the Acast app and many more and I'm also very proud to be part of the ACAST Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. 
all you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founders Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.